Nintendo Switch celebrates four years and more coming up on today's episode of the Ladies in Tech News. Hey Gadget here, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's fastest growing show on tech and gadget news. That's right, this is Ladies in Tech News. My name is Taylor American. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do. We do this every weekday and I would hate for you to miss out on the latest news now. You might be saying, well Taylor, you cover what seems like everybody else is covering. Well, I do, but then I also cover things that aren't covered. Well, to the extent that everybody knows it enough that it's kind of, you know, commonplace knowledge. Uh, so you definitely want to stay tuned for all the articles that we got coming up today. Uh, Sneak Peek will be covering the anniversary of the Nintendo Switch that launched four years ago today. We'll also be taking a look at Twitter Spaces arriving on Android ahead of Clubhouse. We'll also be taking a look at the Epic vs. Apple trial uh, coming up on May 3rd. We'll also be taking a look at the Galaxy Chromebook 2 that you can now buy in the U.S. We'll also be taking a look at prices for NVIDIA RTX 3000 graphics card. Um, on eBay, the prices are kind of getting a bit crazy, uh, and that's mainly because of kind of tying it in a little bit into yesterday's show um with one graphics card in particular you guys are going nuts over graphics cards you got to calm down okay and finally we taking a look at an ai was taught to play the world's hardest video game you'll have no idea which game it is until i tell you and when i do you'll laugh your head off it's actually quite humorous um but before we get into all of that i want to let everybody know that from now till march 15th you have a chance to enter and win an Amazon gift card worth $50. Well, how do you do that? Details are in the show notes for you to enter, or you can head on over to technewsgadget.net and enter there as well. Um, as I said before, entries close on the 15th of March, and the winner will be chosen. There's only one winner, and that winner could be you, and you could go on a $50 shopping spree on Amazon for whatever you want. So, uh, Make sure you take full advantage of that. And we really, really appreciate the support you guys have given us over the years. And, and if you're new, stick around. More good things to come. Uh, I, obviously, the show, when I first started it, looks nothing like the show that I have now. Um, the background's different too. But the background might be changing again. I might actually be able to get your, my green screen back. And that would be incredible because then uh, you know i'd look better for starters but uh, i'll be able to say let's head on over to today's feature article all right so four years ago today the nintendo switch launched and uh it was a welcome change from the nintendo wii i gotta say i booted up the wii the other day and i went Ugh, why would i want to play on this and then <laughs> i remembered oh yeah <laughs> because the switch made it so much better. I mean, it had it. It had it. It had the concept. It was an imperfect product, but it was good in its own right. But Nintendo Switch finally came with something better. Four years ago today, on March 3rd, 2017, the Nintendo Switch was first released across most regions worldwide. With its monstrous sales record and incredible library of games, it's not especially easy to remember how different things were for Nintendo before the Switch's arrival. We all know the story of the Wii U, and how despite a strong lineup of first-party greats, it ultimately disappointed in terms of sales and a third-party effort, but Nintendo's new console appears to have completely turned things around 
for the better. Switch arrived in style back in March of 2017, launched alongside The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, one of the finest launch titles the world has ever seen, and indeed, one of the greatest games of all time, according to many critics. The system already had its killer app on day one, but its sales success and overall positivity have continued to flow ever since. As the console reaches the middle of its life cycle, Nintendo is confident it will go on to surpass the Wii. With an upcoming roster of games including Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Monster Hunter Rise, Metroid Prime 4, Splatoon 3, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Certainly wouldn't be surprised if that were to be the case. Have you enjoyed your time with the Nintendo Switch for the last four years? Did you get yours on day one? Feel free to share your favorite Switch memories in the comments or uh, on social media and celebrate, well, what's kind of unofficially known as Nintendo Switch launch day. So, yeah, I, I gotta say, though, like... So I don't have a Nintendo Switch myself. Um, I'm I'm really tempted to at times to get it, but I like the layout. I like the feel. I like the flow. I like it. It just works. It just it's like finally Nintendo found their stride. They found it in the Game Boy, and then they found it again in the Switch. And I'm really happy for them. And uh, they got some really good killer games that came out of it as well that utilized what the system had to offer fully. I mean, it was nuts, and it's still going nuts so uh yeah there you go there's today's feature story uh let's head on over to what we have next in our news queue all right well for those of you who are interested in the show notes for today's show head on over to technewsgadget.net or you can actually if you're listening in the podcast app of your choice however you get more news more details uh in regards to the episode you're currently listening to, on, on Apple Podcasts, I can explain it. It's very easy. You just literally just swipe up and uh, you can see all the show notes that we have to offer. Uh, and you can actually tap on the articles right there. I got them all linked for you and you can go right to the article itself right from there. So if that appeals to you, um, hint, hint, you should probably sup- subscribe on podcast. Um, or you can head on over to technewsgadget.net. Uh, I kind of cover everything. Um, including gaming news there as well. So be sure to stay tuned to that. Or if you want to, you can subscribe via email as well. Choices are on the website. Twitter spaces arrive on Android ahead of Clubhouse. So for those of you who don't know, Clubhouse is kind of like the new killer app to be, um, as it were. Uh, kind of making a name for itself in that it's a live audio show. Uh, you can actually have a live audience and you can bring audience members up on stage to talk with you, moderators, speakers. It's really an improvement to the audio medium recorded live. Uh, except it's not recorded. It's kind of like a live show via audio. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of explaining it weird. It's one of those you have to have it and fool around with the app and figure it out on your own to finally like get it, get it. Uh, the same as I did for Twitter when I first got Twitter, but it's been iOS only and, uh, they've been figuring it out. They're still in beta. I'm looking to launch on Android soon, but, uh, Twitter just went, Hey, um, well, we're going to do ours first. Twitter announced today. It's opening up its live audio chat rooms known as Twitter spaces to users on Android. Previously, the experience was only open to select users on iOS following the product's private beta launch in late December of 2020. 
The company says that Android users will only be able to join and talk in spaces for the time being, but won't yet be able to start their own. That added functionality is expected to show up soon, Twitter says, without offering an exact time frame. And being this is still beta, um, keep your eyes out for it and be kind of included as we go. The company has been working quickly to iterate on Twitter Spaces in a month since its beta debut and has been fairly transparent about its roadmap so far. Last month, the team developing Twitter Spaces hosted a space where users were invited to offer feedback, ask questions, learn about what Twitter had in the works for the product in both near and long term. During this live chat, Twitter confirmed that Spaces would arrive on Android in March, and as promised, it has since rolled out. Um, otherwise, they have things that are being designed in prototype such as titles, descriptions, scheduling options, support for co-hosts, moderator, guest list, and more. Um, Twitter has also updated the preview card that appears in the timeline and relabeled its captions feature to be more accurate uh, from an accessibility standpoint and a time frame for some of its new developments, like Android and scheduling options were being promised in a matter of weeks, not months. This fast pace has now led Twitter to beat its rival Clubhouse, app currently leading the social audio market to support offers support for Android. Today, Clubhouse remains iOS only, in addition to being invite only as well. Uh, so yeah, I think Twitter's clearly trying to gear up to try and get ahead of Clubhouse at some point and possibly reverse engineer Clubhouse so then they can go and say, okay, we figured it out, guys. Twitter Spaces is pretty cool, right? Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, and obviously, seeing as how hard Twitter's pushing this, they they clearly want something somewhere else. They don't want all their eggs diversified into one basket under the Twitter umbrella. Because um, it's kind of weird. Twitter has kind of become its own little hated product of its own, to, to some extent. Um, don't get me wrong. It's, it has its use. It has its value. But it's almost like they're spinning their wheels going, if we don't improve something, if we don't get something else going, if we don't have another product and what we have fails we don't have anything else to fall back on plus i like how uh, they're going at it to try and kind of foster some competition improve things for the better it, it generally will work out um but man twitter's going crazy um but if you have an android phone you can likely now take advantage of twitter spaces um however don't quote me on that um do go and look at your own um, due diligence, as it were. Uh, some Twitter users on Android had already found their way to spaces before today's announcement by way of the Twitter beta app on Google Play, but now a separate beta app will be required when live spaces are available. They'll appear at the top of the Twitter timeline for Android users to join in. So, there you have it. Moving right along, for those of you wondering, hey, do you have video of today's show? Yeah, we do, but you have to be a Patreon member in order to <laughs> access it. Uh, details for that are over at technewsgadget.net. The Epic versus Apple trial is due to take place in person from May 3rd. Um, I guess the judge decided that the case is important enough to warrant a trial in a physical courtroom. Uh, this article comes to us from GameSpot. Um but it looks like they're arranging the specifics of a trial that will seek to decide whether Apple's App Store practices are monopolistic and anti-competitive, as reported by Mac Rumors. The judge has said that the case is significant enough to be heard in person, with witnesses believed to be less likely to lie when testifying in a physical court. Um, the trial will be held as a bench trial, meaning there will be no jury. 
Epic's lawsuit against Apple alleges that the tech giant is a behemoth seeking to control markets, block competition, and stifle innovation, saying that Apple's practices are anti-competitive and monopolistic. Epic's main beef with Apple, to recap, is over the 30% cut it takes from App Store payments, as well as rules disallowing apps on the App Store from processing microtransactions outside of Apple's payment system. And a couple other minor things, Apple has since lowered its fee to 15% for developers earning under $1 million a year, which doesn't apply to Epic Games. Fortnite, for those still wondering is still unavailable for downloads or new updates on ios while android players can only download the game through third-party app stores such as the samsung galaxy store the trial start to do on may 3rd with the judge hoping for a trial of around two to three weeks while epic wants it to last around four to five weeks but come may we'll figure out more what's going on and uh move forward from there kind of interested so i'll likely be keeping an eye on it and reporting of any updates uh briefly from time to time in may not now because there's likely not going to be anything from now till may moving right along to some gadget news you can now buy the galaxy chromebook 2 in the u.s now for those of you wondering the samsung galaxy chromebook 2 debuted during the consumer electronics show in january the company's latest chrome os based laptop went on pre-order last month in the u.s and now it is available for purchase from Best Buy and Samsung. Compared to last year's model, the $1,000 Galaxy Chromebook with a 4K AMOLED display, new laptop, is quite affordable. The Galaxy Chromebook 2 pricing starts at $549 US for the Intel Celeron variant and goes as high as $700 for the Intel Core i3 variant. The laptop is available in two colors, Fiesta Red and Mercury Gray. Now, for those of you wondering, let's just recap it, is the Chromebook. So don't expect to play video games on it. It's not like a hardcore gaming PC. It's not even meant for gaming. A Chromebook is very s- simply put, um, connected to the internet, connected to Chrome um, and and uh, Google and, and uh, products that Google has to offer. So a lot of it will just be used for internet browsing, um, and, and things that you can do on uh, Google Docs, such as sheets, uh, files, uh, folders, um, doc, what is it, present, a bunch of other stuff too. So um, it's good for that, good for videos, good for YouTube, but it likely won't be used for gaming and, and much else outside of like general laptop stuff. I'm trying to explain it. If you don't know what a Chromebook is, uh, you'll have to find out for yourself. But if you do know what a Chromebook is, I, I probably over-explained it. And you're like, okay, yeah, let's get on with it. What are the specs? It is the first Chromebook with a QLED screen. It sports a 13.3-inch touchscreen display with full HD resolution and 100,000 DCI-P3 color volume. It is a convertible laptop, which means that it has a 360-degree hinge. The laptop also features dual 5 watt stereo speakers with smart amp that are 178 percent louder than the original galaxy chromebook just in case you needed volume they are promising 13 hours of battery life via its 45.5 whr battery the variant with the intel celeron 5205 eu cpu has 4 gigs of ram and 64 gigs of storage while the one with the intel core i3 1011U CPU has 8 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage. Other features include a backlit keyboard, a 720p webcam, a micro SD card slot, 
two USB Type-C ports, Wi-Fi 6, Bluetooth 5.0, and a headphone jack. And they do have links if you want to buy it from Best Buy or Samsung. So, quite simple and, and to the point, it's a Chromebook. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for a Chromebook to use or something recent, this would likely be uh, right up your alley if, um, well, you like, uh, what is it, Merc Fiesta Red or Mer Mercury Gray or, um, or you could probably spray paint it, whatever you want. Actually, don't do it. <laughs> and don't quote me on it either. <sighs> I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble. Hey, if you're listening to this via an audio show, have you subscribed? If you haven't, hit that subscribe button in the app you're currently listening in. And uh, if you could, while you're there, leave a review for us, that would be greatly appreciated. However, if you want a chance at winning a $50 Amazon gift card, there is a link in the show notes or at technewsgadget.net for you to enter. Just want to make sure everybody's remembering you can win an Amazon $50 gift card if you enter before March 15th. Details are in the show notes. Got it? All right. Prices for the NVIDIA RTX 3000 graphics cards are getting insane on eBay. PC Meg is covering this article. Uh, if you're wondering... What's going on with prices? Well, on eBay, the prices are getting kind of crazy. Um, scalpers are now charging people over $2,000 to own NVIDIA's RTX 3080. Unfortunately, the ongoing shortage for the latest PC graphics card is causing the prices for the GPUs to soar to disturbing new heights on eBay. Since mid-September, scalpers have been reselling the RTX 3080 on eBay for around $1,300 to $1,500, which is almost double the original $700 to $870 cost, depending on the model. But in recent weeks, the pricing for the in-demand graphics card has only gotten more insane. And they actually have a, uh, a graphic kind of showing the graph prices are all over the place but there seems to be a general medium um to understand the full scope of the scalping a chicago-based data engineer named michael driscoll has been tracking the gpu sales on ebay using a computer script on tuesday he told us the median price for the rtx 3080 has now reached two thousand and seventy dollars the median prices for ebay for all the rtx 3000 cards began to balloon in february in the case of the 3080 cost shot up to around 2400 the RTX 3070 on the other hand hit a high of over $1,200 US and uh, it's like what in the world is going on numbers only began to drop last week during the same time Nvidia launched its most affordable entry in the RTX 30,000 series the 3060 which starts at $330 the prices stopped going up exactly when that launched so it can't be a coincidence Driscoll told us not a huge drop but significant by us meaning PC Mag, not me personally. For the increases, I have no way of confirming this, but I know many employers give out year-end bonuses in February, and people are starting to file and receive tax returns, which could be driving some of the price increase. The insanity has also carried over to the AMD's latest rate on graphics cards. Scalpers on eBay are now hawking them for about double the normal cost. It's like, for crying out loud, guys. <laughs> um... One factor in it they do mention is the surge in cryptocurrency mining, which might be creating more customers for the scalpers on eBay. Still, imagining someone to pay $2,000 for a single PC graphics card is mind-boggling. Ultimately, it's a dark time to be a PC builder, um, but you can find ways around it. You don't have to get the latest and greatest graphics card. You can still work with uh, um, what you have, or you can forget 
buying a PC and, and building it from scratch and just get one pre-built to some extent would probably help you out there. With that uh, out of the way, let's head on over to today's final story. All right. An AI was taught to play the world's hardest video game and still couldn't set a new record. I'll let you guess the name of the game. Unsure? Try Quop. Um, and I have the article linked here, so if you guys are interested in reading up on this, it's actually kind of hilarious. What's the hardest video game you've ever played? If it wasn't Quop, then let me tell you right now that you don't know how truly difficult that game can be. Me personally, I have played Quop. It's frustratingly stupid and hilarious at the same time. The deceptively simple running game is so challenging to master that even an AI trained using machine learning still only mustered a top 10 score instead of shattering the record. Now, if you've never played Quop before, you owe it to yourself to give it a try and see if you can get your sprinter off the starting line. Developed by Bennett Foddy back in 2008, Quop was inspired by an 80s arcade game called Track and Field that requires players to mindlessly mash buttons to win a race. Quop takes a different approach and instead has players use four keys to control the individual movements of runners' thighs and calves. A runner who behaves like a floppy ragdoll and is subject to real-world physics, including the effects of gravity. Why sounds simple, but mastering the timing and cadence of the key presses needed to get the sprinter to just awkwardly move forward can be incredibly frustrating. Um, and Wesley... Liao was curious how well a tool like AI, which has been trained to do things like realistically animating old photos of deceased loved ones, um, calling back to a couple of shows prior, would do playing Quop. After first creating a JavaScript adapter that would allow an AI tool to actually play and interact with the game, Liao's first attempt at machine learning simply had the AI playing the game by itself and learning which actions resulted in positive outcomes that being a sprinter moving forward, increasing velocity, and which ones resulted in negative effects, sprinter's torso bending too close to the ground. Through this approach, the AI learned a knee-scraping technique that would successfully get it across the 100-meter finish line, but not at record-setting speeds. And in case you are interested, there is a video. It is linked in the show notes on the article. Um, it's actually quite funny to watch because you, you, like, you're watching the AI and it's like trying to figure it out and figure it out. It's like, oh, I got it. Liao's next attempt at training an AI model involved recording gameplay videos of them trying to succeed at the game, including the use of longer leg strides, which are crucial for increasing speed and crossing the finish line with a decent time. The approach was slightly more successful, but the AI wasn't able to master a special technique used by advanced quap players that involves an upward forward swing of the legs to generate additional momentum. Eventually, Liao reached out to a veteran player known as Kuroto on Twitter, one of the top Quop speedrunners in the world, who recorded 50 videos of themselves playing a the game at an expert level. But even with access to the best possible playing techniques, Leao found the best results came from a machine learning training regimen that involved 25 hours of the AI playing by itself, 15 hours learned from the data gleaned from Kuroto's expert speedruns, and another 25 hours of self-play. So... How did it finish? It finished in one minute and eight seconds. A top 10 finish, but not record shattering. The current 100 meter dash world record is a mere 48 seconds set just a month ago. Liao is confident with more training and a different reward system. Uh, setting a quap world record could eventually happen. Although since it's a computer playing the game, the record may never be officially acknowledged. But uh Still kind of interesting, nonetheless. And if you guys want to watch the video, I do have the links for you in the show notes. 
All right. And with that, thanks for tuning in to this, well, day's episode. I'm recording earlier than I usually am, so I'm like, wait, is it early? Late? I'm not sure. Blaze Tech News can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review and sharing this episode with a friend. Also, double-check that you are subscribed so that you don't miss the next episode. I'm your host, Taylor American. Remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keep being awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.